Well, I am excited this morning about this series we've been doing the last couple of weeks called Builders. So everybody say Builders. And here's what we've been doing. We've been talking about the fact that God has called you. Everybody say me. God has called you. He's called me. He's called us to be builders, to use our lives to build something great for the kingdom of God. And I've got good news today. How many like good news, right? Come on. In a world that's full of bad news, I got some good news today. And the good news is this. If you are one of those people that are the best of the best, I'm talking about if you are one of those people that are the best and the brightest and the best looking, maybe you were one of those people that when you were growing up in high school, you were voted the most likely to succeed. Maybe you're one of those people that are here that you were the captain of the football team or you were on the cheerleader squad and you are the best of the best. The good news for you today is this. God can still use you. He really can. That's good news, right? And I got some better news than even that. How many want better news, right? The better news is this, is that if you're one of those people that say, I'm not the best of the best, I'm not the best looking, I'm not the brightest, I'm not the most likely to succeed, I'm just an ordinary person. Let me tell you, the greatest news of all is that God specializes in using ordinary people, people like you, people like me. In fact, look at your neighbor, just tell them you're ordinary. Look at your other neighbor, just tell them God can still use you. And I know some of you are here and you're going, I don't know about that. Like, I really am an ordinary person and I don't have any special gifts or any talents. Like, I've never built anything before or made anything out of my life. And I'm not really a leader or a pastor. And there's not a whole lot that I can really do or not much that I can really offer. But let me just tell you something today. God specializes in using people like you and people like me. People who would just say to God, God, I'm just an ordinary guy. I'm just an ordinary lady. I'm just a, I'm just a housewife or I'm just, I'm just, whatever it is that I am, and yet I am willing to let you use my life. And man, I'm telling you, when we are that kind of people, God says, man, I want to use you to build something great. It's the kind of thing that will truly last. In fact, that's what we're going to talk about today. In fact, that's the kind of person that we're going to talk about today. The builder that we're going to talk about is a guy by the name of David. So everybody say David. Now, some of you are going, wait a second, he wasn't an ordinary guy. I know him. Like, he was a king. Like, wasn't he like the guy who killed Goliath? Wasn't he like a great warrior? Wasn't he like the leader of David's mighty men who became the king of the nation of Israel? He's not an ordinary guy. But if you look at the beginning of David's story, you will see that David was just a normal dude. In fact, David was a shepherd boy. He was just a teenage boy that had been forgotten by his brothers, forgotten by his legacy. Everybody say, let's tell you something today, guys. God wants him here on this earth. He wants, us to, he wants to use us and use our lives to build something that would last generations past us. He wants to use us to build a legacy. You think about it for just a second. Like if you're building a building, maybe you're building, you know, a house or you're building a church building or something like that. I mean, think about the materials that you would use. You would use you would use wood and you would use concrete and you would use glass and you would use steel and you would use things like that. And even though those are great materials to build with, even if you have the best materials of all, the things that you use to build are one day going to wear out. Isn't that true? Like even buildings that can even last years, one day are going to crumble and they're going to fall. In fact, I've been around some like some really old buildings. A few years ago, we went on a missions trip. We went to a place called Scotland and over in, man, over in Europe, they got some buildings. We think we got old buildings here. Over in Europe, they got some old, old buildings. In fact, we saw this one building. It was an abbey and they told us that this building was over a thousand years old. Man, how many know the plumbing's probably not so good in that building, right? 
And here's the deal, like, even though this building had last a thousand years, how many know one day that building is going to crumble and fall? Right? Because, because it's, it's a building that is, that is built out of materials that are not permanent. And God says, hey, I want you to use your life not to just build something out of temporary materials, but I want you to use your life to build something that would outlast you. In fact, that's what we've been talking about in this series. We've had kind of a key verse that's really been kind of driving us through the series. It's found in the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 3. If you have your Bibles or if you have your LifeGate app, why don't you turn there? It's going to be on the screen there for you as well. And here's what we're going to do. We're going to read it aloud together in first Corinthians chapter three and verse 10 on the count of three everybody one two three because of God's grace to me I have laid the foundation like an expert builder now others are building on it but whoever is building on this foundation must be very careful Paul says hey guys God has called you to be a builder And all of us are building something with our lives, but God has called us to build something that would last beyond this life. He has called us to build a legacy. He has called us to use our lives, not just to build a career, not just to build a business, not just to build a house, not just to build wealth, not just to build a resume. All of those things are well and good, but all of those things that are things that will not last beyond our time here on this earth. But God has called us to use our lives to build something that would outlast our lives. And one day we're going to stand before God and we're going to give an account for what did we use our lives to build? What did we do with our, with our lives? And all of the things that we built on this life that were of earthly value are going to burn up in the fire. But those things that we built that were legacy building, those things that we built that were of eternal value, those are the things that are truly going to last. That's what we've been talking about in this series. That's what we're going to talk about today. How can I use my life to build a lasting legacy? And we're going to look at this guy named David. And here's what we're going to do. We're just going to see three things from David's life. We're going to look at a couple different passages in the book of 2 Samuel, in the book of 1 Chronicles. We're going to look at a couple passages. And we're going to see how did David use his life to build a legacy. If you're taking notes, the first thing is this. If you're going to build a legacy, here's what you're going to have to do. You're going to have to move from passion to action. Everybody say action. In fact, this is what we see with David. If you look at David's life, you'll see that David had a passion. In fact, we see his passion in 2 Samuel chapter 7. Look what it says in verse number 1. When King David was settled in his palace and the Lord had given him rest from all of the surrounding enemies, the king summoned Nathan the prophet and said, Look, I am living in a beautiful cedar palace, but the ark of God is out there in a tent. Now, let me just give you a little bit of background here. In fact, we talked about it a couple of weeks ago, a guy named Moses who built something. How many remember what Moses built? He built a tabernacle, right? You might remember that story that that Moses built the first house for God to live in. And yet there was a problem with the tabernacle. And the problem with the tabernacle was that it was temporary. It was basically just a tent. You see, the people of God in those times, they were nomadic. And so they were moving around, wandering around in the wilderness. And so when they built God's tabernacle, it was basically this tent that they would, that they would build and that they would set up while they were where they were. And then when they would move to another area, they would fold it up and they would take it along with them. And it worked pretty good for that time. But now in David's time, they're no longer wandering around in the wilderness. Now they are in the promised land that God has given them. And they're in a permanent home 
home. And so David, there he is as the king, sitting in his, sitting in his palace, and he looks outside and realizes, I'm living in a palace, but God is still living in his tent. And something's not right here. And this passion begins to come into his heart that he says, man, I got to do something for God. I got to build God a permanent place for him to live. And there's this passion in his heart. And here's the deal, guys, is that there's a lot of people have passion. You know what I'm saying? Like, in fact, all you got to do is look on Facebook and you'll see there's a lot of passionate conversations that are happening. Most of them have to do with politics, right? And here's the deal. Some of you have passion in your heart. Some of you, you even have passion for the things of God, passion to do something with your life for God. But let me just tell you something here today. There's a lot of difference between passion and action. There's a lot of difference between having something in your heart and actually letting it begin to get out of your life and beginning to actually do something with the passion in your heart. In fact, some of you here today, man, you talk about it, you pray about it, you think about it, the things that you have in your heart that you feel like God has called you to do. And that's awesome to have passion in your heart. But somewhere along the way, that passion has got to get out of your heart and it's got to get to your hands. It's got to get to your feet got to get to your life. You got to begin to act on and do something about it. In fact, I know a lot of people have passion. I know one guy, he's been telling me for 10 years how he has a passion to one day plant a church. And for 10 years, he'd been talking about it. And for 10 years, he's never done anything about it. Right. And how many know if you really have passion for something, it's going to come out in the way that you live. And if you really want to leave a legacy, something that will last beyond you, it's going to have to go beyond just, I'm excited about this, and I'm going to start actually doing something about it. In fact, this is what we see happen with David. He doesn't just have passion. Like, that passion begins to move him to action. In fact, we see it in 1 Chronicles chapter 28 and verse 2. Look what it says. David rose to his feet. Like, man, he's getting excited, right? Like, he's getting ready to preach. Like, you know what I'm saying? He gets up to his feet, and he says, my brothers and people... I have a desire. I have, I have a passion. I have something burning inside of me. And what is that passion? To build a temple where the ark of the Lord's covenant, God's footstool, can rest permanently. And then look what happens. He says, so this is what I've done. I have made necessary preparations for building it. See, David didn't just say, hey, I'm passionate about this. I'm going to talk about this. No, no, no. David said, I'm going to do something about it. I'm going to start preparing and getting ready to actually act on the passion that I have in my heart for what God has called me to do. See, David has what we kind of call around here. Some of you may remember this. We call it a Popeye moment. How many remember the old cartoon Popeye? Remember that, right? You got Popeye the sailor man, the guy with the big old giant forearms, right? And then he's got his really ugly girlfriend, you know, olive oil. I'm like, you look at olive oil. Like, she's a scrawny little thing. And you're like, man, what in the world did he see in her? Like, I don't know if she was worth fighting for. But you would see what would happen, right? Remember he had, he had his arch enemy. What was his name? Do you remember his name? It was Brutus, right? And every single episode of the cartoon, it was the same thing. Like, Brutus was messing with olive oil. Brutus was trying to steal olive oil. And Popeye would be laid back for a little while. But then there would come a moment in the cartoon. You remember that? Where Popeye would have a Popeye moment. And what would happen? He'd get mad. And he would raise up and he would say that his famous line, that's all I can stand, I can stand no more. Remember that, right? What would he do? He'd get his spinach, he would eat his spinach, and his arms would go like this. And then he would go and put a whooping on Brutus, right? And here's the deal. This is what happens with David. 
David looks out from his palace and he sees that, hey, I'm living in a palace and God's living in a tent and somebody needs to do something about this. And he has a Popeye moment. That's all I can stands. I can't stands no more. There's a passion in my heart and I'm going to start preparing to do something about what God has put in my heart. And some of you, man, you're going to have a passion. You're going to have a, a Popeye passionate moment here today. Some of you, you got some stuff in your heart that God is burning inside of you. And you're going to decide, hey, I don't want to just have a passion in my heart, man. I want to use my life to build a godly legacy. And I want to do something about what God has placed in my heart. And here's what you need to do. You've got to go, you've got to go from passion to action. And you say, well, I don't know how to do that. Well, here's how you do it. You start preparing. Everybody say prepare. prepare. Start preparing. In fact, that's exactly what David did. Look what he said. He said, I've made pre- preparations I began to prepare. And here, let me just ask you something. What are you doing to prepare for the passion that God's put in your heart? What are you doing to prepare yourself to build the legacy that God has called you to build? Some of you, you know, right now you look around and you've got friends and neighbors and loved ones and people that you know that don't have relationship with the Lord. And man, there's a passion in your heart to say, I want to do something to reach them. Man, I want to invite them to church. I want to help them. I want, to, I want them to know God the way that I know him. I want their life to be changed the way God has changed my life. And in your heart, there's this passion. But maybe you need to begin to move from just a passion to actually preparing for action. In fact, last week we challenged you. We gave, you, we gave every one of you one of these magnets with builders on it. And, and we asked you, we said, why don't you write down three names of, of friends that you know, family members, people, neighbors that you know that don't have relationship with the Lord. Take one of these magnets, put it on there with a sharpie and then put it on your refrigerator so that every day you remember you begin to pray for them and you begin to invite them maybe some of you have written that down if you weren't here last week you need to get that we have these at the front of the building to take these put them on your refrigerator and begin to prepare how can i do something to make a difference in their lives how can i how can i invite them to church how can i serve them how can i pray for them begin to prepare for god to use you to leave a legacy in their lives some of you, man, you got a passion in your heart. You look around the church and you see needs and you see things that are going on. And you go, man, I want to do something about helping those, helping those kids. Or I want to do something about making people feel welcome when they come to church. Or I want to do something with my gifts and my talents and I don't know what to do. Well, maybe you need to start preparing. How do you prepare? One way is you can go through the life track class. In fact, it, it's going on today at 1150 where we're just helping you to know what are your spiritual gifts. And even today is step number four where you have an opportunity to meet some of the leaders of the different ministries here at the church and say, I want to get plugged in. Others of you, man, you, you hear me talking about making a difference and you hear me talking about how we give to different missionaries and different people in our community to make a difference. You go, I want to do that. Like, I want to use my finances to make a difference, but I don't know how to do it. You start preparing right now. Then you start looking at your budget and you start saying, hey, where could I save and how could we give more and what could we what could we do? Some of you look around and you say, man, there are people in the church that don't have relationships like I have relationships. Maybe I need to help them get into a life group and maybe I should be a life group leader or I should be a life group host, but I don't know what to do. Well, guess what? On Wednesday night, we have life group leader and host training. Maybe you need to come and be a part of that to say, hey, I don't just want to have a passion in my heart. I want to move from passion to preparation so that I can step out in action that God has called me to do. Come on. Passion to action. Everybody say passion to action. Number two, here's what we're going to have to do if we're going to build a legacy. We're going to have to move not only from passion to action. We're going to have to move from father to son. In fact, this is what happens with David. Man, you see David, he gets this passion in his heart to build God a permanent 
home. And then he does something that's, that's kind of interesting. Maybe it's kind of a little bit of a twist to the story, not the way that you would expect it to go. He says, hey, I'm going to build God a, a temple, but it's not going to just be me that builds the temple. Here's what's going to happen is I'm going to pass this job down to my son. In fact, I'm going to take this passion that I have in my heart and I'm going to let that passion become the passion of my son, of the next generation. In fact, this is what we see in First Chronicles chapter 28, verse number six. Look what it says. And then God said to me, Your son, Solomon, will build my temple and its courtyards. For I have chosen him as my son, and I will be his father. And if he continues to obey my commands and regulations as he does now, I will make his kingdom last what? Everybody say it aloud. Last forever. You're talking about a legacy. Something that will last forever. David says, hey, I don't want to just do something that will be in my lifetime. In fact, I want to take this passion that God's put inside of me and I want to pass it down to my son, to the next generation, to something that will last far beyond the time that I'm here on this earth. You know, that's what's so interesting about legacy. Legacy is incredibly unselfish. I mean, you think about it. Like if you think about, I want to use my life to build a legacy. It's not just about, I want to build something for me. It's about, I want to build something for people who come after me. It's not just about like, I want to do something that's for the here and now. No, I'm thinking more about, I want to do something that will affect the people way beyond me. That's what, that's what legacy is about. Legacy doesn't say, hey, I got to do it all by myself. No, legacy says, hey, I want to get some other people and train some other people how to do it with me. Legacy doesn't just say, hey, I got to get all the credit for it. No, legacy says, hey, I don't care who gets the credit. I want to do something that will last far beyond my time here on this earth. In fact, you think about David. I mean, it would have been really easy as the king of Israel for David to go, hey, you know, God needs a temple. And so I'm going to build him a temple so that that can be my legacy. So that everyone can remember me by the fact that I was the one that built the temple and I'll get all the credit for it. But that's not what David did. David said, no, I don't want to just build the temple. Here's what I want to do. I don't even need the credit. I want to pass it on to the next generation. And when you think about David, you actually think about what was his greatest legacy. It wasn't that he built the temple. You know what David's greatest legacy was? It was his son. Solomon was his greatest legacy. Let me just tell you something here today, parents, and especially men. Let me talk to you men here for just a second. Guys, let me tell you something. Your greatest legacy is not going to be the business that you build. Your greatest legacy is not going to be the amount of money you have in your bank account. Your greatest legacy is not going to be all the hobbies and all the stuff that you have built up in the garage, all the trophies that you get. Your greatest legacy is not going to be how successful you were. Your greatest legacy is not going to be your resume and all the stuff that you have done with your life. Your greatest legacy is not even going to be the inheritance that you leave behind financially to your kids. You know what your greatest legacy is going to be? Your greatest legacy is your children, your sons, and your daughters. Let me just ask you something, moms and dads, but let me just ask you, what are you leaving for the next generation? What are you leaving to your sons and to your daughters? What are you building in them? What kind of legacy are you building? Are you leaving them a bunch of your old hurts and your old habits and your old stuff that you've never dealt with yourself? Or are you building in them a godly heritage that will last far beyond your years on this planet? Let me just tell you something else, church. You know what our greatest legacy? It's not going to be our services. It's not going to be how many services we can do on a Sunday. It's not going to be how many people come through the doors. It's not going to be any building that we build or any ministry that we do or how good our music is or our website looks or any of those kind of things. All those 
although those are important. It's not even going to be how much we give in the offering, although that is incredibly important. You know what our greatest legacy is? Our greatest legacy is right through those doors and in the back part of this building. Our greatest legacy is those kids that are in the nursery and those kids that are in the life kids and those kids that are here on Wednesday nights in the Edge Youth Ministry. That is our greatest legacy, the next generation. And that's what we're all about here. In fact, that's, that's why we do what we do. We don't want something that's going to end with us. We don't want to build something that's going to end when we're gone. We want to build something that will carry on far after we're gone. In fact, that's the reason that every single Sunday, man, we work so hard. and We have an incredible staff of Life Kid volunteers that take care of our kids in the nursery and our kids and Life Kids. That They're not just babysitting back there, but you know what they're doing, man? They're making a fun environment where they are teaching these kids to raise up to one day be the next generation of passionate Christ followers. That's why we do what we do. That's why we do every year, twice a year on Memorial Day and Labor Day weekend, we do Fam Jam. If you've ever been to Fam Jam service, you know it's crazy, right? And some people go, why do they do that? Like they give the kids the whole service twice a year. Most churches don't do that. You know why we do that? Because we believe in the next generation. Like we want to pass down from father to son the things that God has done in our life. It's the reason every year the, the, uh, in September and, and October the, the kids do the, the youth do the blitz bash and they bash a car and do the crazy stuff that they do because we want to reach a next generation of Christ followers. In fact, a couple of, a couple of months ago, it's probably been six or eight months ago now, maybe Pastor Colton came to me. He had been here on staff for, uh, for a few months. And he says, hey, Pastor, you know, I want to talk to you a little bit. I want to talk to you about the name of the youth group. And I'm going, oh, great. You know, I mean, every new youth pastor always wants to change the name of the youth group. I'm like, what's the deal with the name? And he says, well, I just want to talk to you about it for just a second. I, I got a thought and an idea, something God's put on my heart. He says, you know, as a youth group, we, we want to be a part of what God is doing at LifeGate. Like, we don't want to just be the edge over here by ourselves. Like, we want to be a part of the church as a whole. In fact, he was like, man, we, don't, we, we want to be sons. We want, like, you're the people, the elders of the church to be our fathers and to pour in us. And, you know, sons have the same name as their dads. And he says, you know, we really want, we want every person that comes to church, you know, sometimes a visitor will come and they'll hear the, the you know, the edge. They don't know what that, what that really means. We want every person that comes to know exactly who we are and exactly what we stand for. And he says, you know, we want to honor the edge and what that means, but we really want to be LifeGate. And he said, you know, life kids have life in their name. We want to have life in our name. He says, Pastor, what would you think if we just kind of moved from the edge to being just LifeGate youth? I'm like, now you got my attention, right? <laughs> I said, man, that'd be awesome. In fact, starting today and then this Wednesday, Pastor Colton will be sharing this with the with the young people on Wednesday. Instead of being the edge, it's going to be put everybody put it put it up there. LifeGate Youth, come on, right? LGY, because this is what we're all about: passing down a legacy from father to son to grandson down to the next generation. This is what legacy is all about. Come on, right? It's about going from passion to action. It's about going from father to son. Number three, write this one down. Here's what, here's what we got to do if we're going to build a legacy. We're going to have to go from tent to temple. Everybody say tent to temple. In fact, this is what we see in 1 Chronicles chapter 29 and verse number three. Look at, look at this. David's getting ready to build the temple. And look what he says. And now because of my devotion to the temple of God, I am giving all of my private treasures of gold and silver to help in the construction. And this is in addition to the building materials I have already collected for this holy temple. Verse six. And then the family leaders and the leaders of the tribes of Israel and the generals and the captains of the armies and the king's administrative officers all gave 
willingly for the construction of the temple of God. Verse 9. And the people rejoiced over the offerings, for they had given freely and wholeheartedly to the Lord. And King David was filled with joy. Check this out. David says, man, I got a passion in my heart to build something permanent for God, something that will last beyond me, a legacy. But here's the deal, guys. If I'm going to build a legacy, guess what? It's not going to be cheap. It's going to cost me something. It's going to cost all of us something. In fact, he says, here's what I've done. I have taken from my personal treasure and I have given it to God so that it can be used for the building of the temple. And then, you know what happened when he did that? All the rest of the leaders said, all right, that's what we'll do. We'll take from our personal treasure and we will give so that the house of God can be built. And then all of the people said, hey, if they're doing it and our leaders are doing it, we're going to do it too. And we will take from what we have and we will give it so that the temple can be built. And then all the people rejoiced with joy that God was going to build the temple. Let me just tell you something, guys. This is what God has called us to do. In fact, our word for this year is the word build. And that has so many different meanings to it. First of all, man, I feel like God has put it on our heart that this year we're going we're gonna to build families. We're going to build relationships. We're going to build marriages. We're going to build into the next generation. We're going to build disciples and we're going to build leaders. But you know what? This year is going to be the year that we're actually going to begin the process of building a brand new worship center so that we can reach more people for Jesus Christ. Come on. I think we look around in here today and we see, hey, we probably need a new worship center. And you know, the reason we build a new worship center is not just so we can have another building. And that'd be great. But you know what the real reason is? So we can reach more people. So that your neighbors and your friends and the people in this community, we can reach more of them to make a difference. To to see lives change in a changing culture with the unchanging truth. And God wants to use us to do it. And that's this year... This is what's going to happen. I don't know exactly when. We're already working on all of the, uh, the behind-the-scenes stuff. We've got some stuff drawn. I wish I could show it, but it's just not ready to show it to you yet. But this year, I'm going to be showing you. And this year, you know what I'm going to be asking? I'm going to be asking you to give. I'm going to be asking you to give beyond what you already give. But here's why I'm asking you to do it, so that you can do something that will last beyond your years here on this earth. In fact, you know, I, I was thinking about this as I was preparing for this message Preparing for this series, I was just thinking, you know, about the people that built this building before us. You know, a few years ago when we were, a couple years ago when we were getting ready to do the remodel of this building, I did a little bit of research to try to find out a little bit about the history of the church and the people that built the church. And I was actually able to get a hold of the pastor who built this building. And I started asking him, hey, the biggest thing that we needed to know is, do you have any old plans that we can use? You know, because we needed some plans. And he's like, oh, we didn't have no old plans. We just wrote it down on a piece of paper and we started building. (laughs) And I said, well, when was it built? And he said, oh, in 1977, 40 years ago. You know what was interesting was that it was the people of the church that did the work with their own hands. You know what was even cooler than that was that it was actually a dad and his son who did most of it. The dad was the pastor. His son was the one who did most of the construction and the building. Pretty cool, right? And I started thinking, you know, 40 years ago, when, they were, when the, man, the people of the church were giving their offerings and they were coming up here doing the work with their own hands and this dad and his son was building, you think in their heart, you think in their mind, they really knew that 40 years later that this building would still be impacting people in this community? 
You think they were really thinking about the fact that, man, some of you that are here today and your lives have been changed, your family has been changed as a result of what has happened in this building over the last, over the last few years. And they left, they left a legacy. They didn't know you. They didn't know your face. Some of you weren't even, weren't even born then. I was one year old when that happened. And, and yet my life is still being impacted. Your life is still being impacted because of other people that gave before us. Others who said, I want to use my life to make a difference for more than just something that's here and now, more than just something that I can see, more than just something that's going to affect me, but something that's going to be affecting people 40 years from now, long after I'm gone, 50 years from now, 100 years from now, 400 years from now, to be able to say, I did something with my life that outlasted me. I built a legacy. Come on, that's something worth getting excited about. In fact, that's, man, it reminds me of this incredible passage one of my favorite passages in the whole Bible is found in the book of Hebrews chapter 11. It's actually a very famous passage. It's known as the Hall of Fame of Faith. And you talk about some of the greatest men that ever, that ever lived that are in this chapter. Men like Moses and Abraham. Men like Joseph and Jacob. And I mean just incredible, incredible men of God. And it talks about their faith. And I want you to see what it says about their faith in Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 39. Check this out. And all these people are known for their faith. But none of them received what God had promised. For God planned to give them something better. Everybody say better. Something better so that they would be made perfect. But only together with us would they be made perfect. Man, this is so cool. Some of you are going, man, these are the people that had the greatest faith ever. And they still didn't receive the promise God had for them. No, they received something better. You see, God's promise for them was so big and so great that it couldn't be accomplished in one lifetime. It was such a great promise that it was beyond what they could do or even what their sons could do or even what their grandsons and their grandchildren could do. It was a promise that was so big that it was a legacy that was left for generations upon generations upon generations. And it's not until now that they are actually receiving what God had promised us. You see, we are their legacy, that we are here because men like Moses and men like Abraham, men like Jacob and Joseph, These men gave of themselves and so now we are here and we are the recipients of their legacy that they left for us. Let me just tell you something, guys. God has a legacy for us to leave. In fact, I want to ask you this question. Who are you leaving a legacy for? Like, who are the people that are going to be affected in years from now because of your faith, because of the way that you lived, because of how you decided to give? Because you decided, I'm not just going to build, I'm not just going to build something here on this earth. I'm not just going to build a business or a career. Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to use my life to build a lasting legacy.